Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we're going to talk about talking about our children. Talk about talking about. (laughs) We're going to probably say the word talking a whole lot. So when we're in public, Paige, sometimes our children need to be corrected. Mm -hmm. Sometimes other people will ask us things about our children or want to share things about their children, want to kind of commiserate with us about, you know, the parenting woes. How do you handle that in a way that does not hurt your child, right? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get to that, as is tradition, here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we're going to talk about something fun that a family can do together. Paige, what is a fun family activity that can, people can do this week? Well, the activity we have for you this time is something that we call an alphabet scavenger hunt. Now, there are tons of different kinds of scavenger hunts, but this one is really fun. It can be great for a family activity or if you have older children, suggesting it for a date um, or something like that. But it's super fun to do with no no matter who you have. Um, and this is where you go around and take pictures of some of things that correlate with different letters of the alphabet. And then you come back and say, this is what I found for letter A. This is what I found for letter B. So it's yeah, really so you fun. could take objects or you could find signs that have to have the letter on it, like starting a word or something like that, or stores or businesses. Yeah, just so keeping it very, like you could do simple. topics um, or, you know, categories or just in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, a good scavenger hunt is always fun. So that's going to be a good one for you, especially as hopefully it starts to warm up here soon. You can get out, start walking around, taking photos, break the family up into teams and just have a good time. Say, okay, we're going to be gone for this long. Everybody come back and let's see who can get all the letters taken care of and who has the most creative pictures. Cause you can do <laughs> little creative pictures with the letters as well. Yep. All right. So here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we look at every question, every topic through the lens of self-government. What is self-government? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Okay, that is exactly right, Paige. So we want people to be empowered to know how to control themselves so that they don't feel like every single feeling they have or situation that occurs to them has the power to control them. Instead, wouldn't it be wonderful and empowering for a person to realize I get to be in control of me. I get to decide how I want to handle this situation. I feel like that is the recipe for freedom. And so did the founders of the United States, incidentally, because they said that they were founding a nation that would be self-governing. So it is a principle of freedom that our nation and probably some other nations have now been founded upon. So a parent recently asked me what they should do when they are getting together with their friends and the children of their friends. And they have these big group parties, you know, that fun kind of thing you do when your children are little, you help them develop some of their social skills. And they say that oftentimes there's this thing that happens when the family gets together where the adults will commiserate with each other over the problems that their children have. 
So some children maybe are having a bedwetting problem or maybe a lying problem or, you know, whatever it happens. Or an aggression problem. Exactly. And the parents want to talk to other parents about it to make sure they're not alone or to have somebody understand where they're coming from, what they're going through, have some, a feeling of camaraderie there. And so they start sharing it and they share it with the children also being in the same house or sometimes even in the same room. And this parent said to me that they didn't really feel like it felt super right or super comfortable when that happened. They said, you know, that they had a child who had problems, you know, getting to the toilet in time and that that conversation was coming up in front of other people. And they started wondering if they should be having that conversation with their child there and with other people, even though it can feel nice to talk to other people about the problem and see, you know, maybe what other parents have done to solve this type of problem. Yeah. And they well, I'd say, what the I'd say there's a difference. Were. There's a difference between, you know, correcting the problem and then asking for advice on a problem. Oh, for sure. The thing is, is there's kind of rules on both of those things. Mm -hmm. So whether you are correcting the problem right there, because something just happened, or whether you're talking to somebody else about the child's problem that you perceive is there, it's kind of the same beast because the child is there and their problem is being publicly displayed in front of other people. So all of the sudden they're put on the spot. So how do we stay consistent with our corrections and our interactions with our children, but also make sure that we don't give them a feeling of like, we're putting them on display in a bad way or making them out to be bad or look bad in front of their friends or our friends. And then, you know, how do we talk about things with our friends mm -hmm. and also respect our children in the same way? So I had to be very careful about this when my children were young. And I have to say, I was not perfect. Um, some of the stuff I'm going to be sharing with you is like, learn from mistakes. Okay. <laughs> because I, I wasn't perfect at this, but you do learn a lot as you go along. And at first me and my husband would just kind of talk with friends about things. And then I realized, you know, my children have these little satellite dishes on the side of their head and they are <laughs> picking up everything, even if they're in the other room, especially if the conversation relates to them and they may kind of feel a little bit disrespected. And so then I tried to be a little bit better about that and kind of guide my husband not to do that if possible. I, and I say if possible, cause you can't control somebody else all the time, but, um, but it was hard. And, and I realized people are always going to be telling me things because of the, the work I do with families and with parenting. People always want free advice. They want to talk about stuff. And so they come to me and they ask about things and I have to be careful to respect my children and not put my children on the spot a lot. So I might say, you know, I had a child where we had a situation similar to this, but I may not actually say which child it was and exactly the particulars of the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody was going to be talking to me because I wanted to respect my children in front of other people. Right. So, so Paige, there's two kind of rules of thumb that I follow on this and let's talk about those and give some of some suggestions of what people can do in this scenario. So Paige, you have been, you know, most of your experience lies on the child end of this kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. And, and as a child, maybe, well, I mean, you're an adult now, but <laughs> you know, relying back on those experiences, um, it does feel 
a little not good when somebody starts talking about your problems in front of other people, right? No, it's embarrassing. There was, I remember one particular one where, you know, something was said and, you know, I felt very embarrassed because it was a hygiene thing that was being addressed. And it was something that, you know, probably should have been done in a one-on-one basis, Mm -hmm. but it happened while I was standing, you know, in our house with a group of friends and I just thought, are you kidding me? You know, Mm because I was, I was a teenager at the time and, um, I'm like, wow, this is so incredibly awkward because now everyone is thinking about, wait, what, you know, she has an issue or, oh, you know, what's, what's going on? What are they Mm -hmm. talking about? And And somebody may think they're trying to help you in that moment, but if it's the mm -hmm. wrong way or the wrong time, all of a sudden that person can just like shut down or feel completely disrespected. So I actually ended up after, you know, I was finished with my friends, I pulled the person aside and I'm like, you know, that probably wasn't the best time to talk about it. Like, yeah, I see that it's an issue and thank you for bringing it to my attention. However, you know, that was not the right time or the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and luckily you knew to have that conversation when something like that was said, because, you know, people aren't always perfect. And sometimes people just don't think, and it's just like, oof, you know, <laughs> see a problem, address it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Just like, Oh, I just saw that, you know? And it's like, wait a minute, we may be at our own house, but there's other people here, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> hello, you know, or whatever. And so it can be, It can be hard to navigate some of that. And sometimes, you know, a person might not be thinking and, but just know that it can affect the the other person. And some people may even start feeling like, you know, I mean, more, even more vulnerable or even experience more feelings of betrayal or anger, depending on what it was, how it was done, where their confidence level is at, because Paige, you had higher confidence level. You can come to a person and say, okay, so something was said, and that was really not the right time (laughs) to bring that to my attention. And so because you would have the confidence and you would have the skills, but not everybody does have those skills. So there was I think another key factor, sorry, another key factor is how often it's happened. Mm, Yeah, that's true. Because if it's like repeated all the Mm -hmm. time, the things are going on, then it's a situation that needs help. And you know what? People put their foot in their mouth sometimes. I mean, this is a thing. (laughs) I'm guilty of that. (laughs) Yeah, no, we all are. And we all learn. And so to some degree, you have to go, okay, well, that was a situation I didn't want to be in. But, but if you, if the person on the other side of it, who did the thing that was not thinking can be aware that this can conquer a lot of the problems and, and really help things go a lot smoother. And that's what we're talking about today. Not Mm -hmm. to try to shame anybody who's put their foot (laughs) their mouth, you know, but, um, if we can be aware of it, then all the better. Right. And that's what this parent was trying to figure out as they were asking this question, which I thought was a super insightful question. So I years ago heard somebody speak and I can't remember who it was. I wish I did. Uh, it was a woman. I remember that, but basically she said, she said, you know, you would never as another woman, 
And, and it was just like a, I don't know where she was talking. She says, but as another woman, you would never go to some woman's purse and just like open it up and start pulling it out. Like, oh, you use this color lipstick or this is, oh my word, this gum has so much sugar in it. Or wow, your purse is really dirty. Oh, look, here's your female hygiene things in here. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. would not go to start criticizing someone's personal belongings and just like pulling it out in front of a group of people, right? right? You wouldn't do that. And so when we're talking about a lot of personal things that people do, if we really want to help them. We're not going to be pulling it out in front of a group of people all the time. We're going to respect the person and try to, you know, not have those conversations. So this means when you're correcting a child or, or addressing a problem with your child publicly, or when you're, somebody is talking to you about your child or you're talking about your child. So then all of a sudden it's a public situation. Again, this isn't a good thing. I mean, if your child's ever, you know, in the area, you need to make sure that you're handling things the correct way. So rule of thumb, number one for me is we don't dump out the purse in front of a group, not a good (laughs) idea, right? So just a little example of how, um, what that looks like. There was a situation years ago where I was teaching a class and it was a class for a whole bunch of youth and they would come each week and we would do some things. And I found out that on a break that we had with the class that two class members, and these were teenage children, um, two class members actually went out in the hall and were kissing and I didn't know about it. And it was brought to my attention. And I thought, okay, I need to address this. And I, I've got to talk to these people about this, but I don't want to do it in front of the whole group. So here's the thing. You bring something up in front of a whole group, you could actually normalize the behavior. So if I say to a whole group of young people, oh, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so were kissing in the hall and this is not okay. Then they start thinking, oh, should we be kissing other people in the hall? Is that a normal thing? Cause they're kind of cool, you know, like, Hey, maybe we should be kissing in the hall. It could have the opposite effect. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I was thinking that's not going to be the right way to do this. Plus I don't want to like open up somebody's purse in front of everybody else. Right. Um, and so I decided, okay, well, I know one of these young people, they've got a little side business. Right. And so I decided to contact their little business to get some, you know, work done. And then when the person was, you know, having a business conversation with me, I said, Hey, can I just talk to you about something that happened? You know, just us. And so it was just the two of us right there. And I had this little conversation and this student of mine, looked at me and said, I really have to thank you. You did not have to contact my business and go all the way through this, but, but you did because you really respected me to talk about this instead of making this a public display like it could have been. And, and I promise this is not going to be a problem again. And I want you to know, I recognized right when it happened that that was, that shouldn't have happened. And I was like, okay, good. You know, and, but this person was loyal to me. I mean, it was like, I was their favorite teacher suddenly for years and years, for years later. I do remember that years and years invited me to their wedding and everything. And it was like, this person thought a lot about me because of this one experience that happened. And maybe it was other things too. I mean, maybe I was just generally cool page. Who knows? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, it was, it was like this person knew that I would be straight with them and that I would respect them. And that made a big difference for them. And that helped them respect you as well. You know, because especially nowadays 
um, people at that age tend to take things very personally and get very petty and very uptight about things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just parents of those children, but it's the children themselves, um, you know, where they're, they feel entitled uh, to not needing to be corrected about anything. Exactly. And that actually presents its own problem. There are a lot of young people who aren't even ready to have even a private conversation. In fact, many of them could be like, don't talk to me publicly, but for sure don't talk to me privately. Like they, they don't want to ever be one-on-one with someone because they would have to think all on their own and not have social backup. And I mean, we really live in an interesting time where it's almost as if people are trying to make it impossible to talk to anybody about a problem. But I'm just going to say the rule of thumb is don't dump the purse out in front of the group and try to talk to somebody privately, but we do have a situation where a lot of parents feel personally attacked if they know anyone has talked to their child privately. So it used to be back in the day that somebody would say to another parent, thank you. Thank you for talking to my child about that problem, right? Because most all parents were on the same page. Well, we have a situation now where parents are definitely not on the same page about so many issues, especially to things related to, you know, morality, kissing, drugs, whatever. I mean, some people might be like, yeah, my child can totally do pot. And other parents would be like, no, my child can totally not do pot. And, you know, like they're not okay with it. And because so there's these opposites that didn't used to exist back in the day. And it wasn't even that long ago that most parents were on the same page. So it makes it kind of hard for parents to know, can I pull somebody aside? But when it comes to your own child, the answer is yes. <laughs> okay. You can pull somebody else's ch- or your child aside. And, and I even occasionally will still pull other people's childless children aside. There was a situation that just happened to church not long ago. There was two brothers sitting on the pew in front of me and one was, you know, putting the other one in a headlock and whatever. And every oh, time, the, every time the mom would look over, the one brother made it look like he was hugging the other brother, you know, and then, and then the other, and then as soon as mom would look away, they'd be like, like at it, you know, and teasing each other. And I thought this poor mom does not really see what's going on. She's trying to see if she can see what she can't see. And she was a little ways away down the pew and I'm sitting right there. And I, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to give him a little piece of intel. And so I just reached over and I put my hand on his shoulder really gently. And I said, Hey, just so you know, everybody behind you can see what you're doing and it's pretty distracting. And so all of a sudden he was just like, and like, he left his brother alone and that was it. Like, Oh, that thought hadn't crossed my mind. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't (laughs) like I was being mean or anything else. I was just like giving you a little bit of information here. You know, the mom saw me lean forward and say something to her son. But at that point, she was probably a little nervous. Like, what did she just say to my child? You know, like, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe she's like, I know that lady. It's fine. You know, who knows? But I do know that parents get nervous about that. But I still do believe that that first rule of thumb, if you can at all do it, is the best way to talk to somebody privately because then they feel respected. So anyway, keep that in mind. Second rule of thumb is you have to be able to correct your children in public. You have to, because you spend too much time in public Well, things. Yeah. Things happen in public and you can't always, you know, pull people aside, you know, when you're in a public scenario. Right. Um, so, so just like the story you told, you know, that what that person was doing, what that little boy was doing was affecting the whole group. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's kind of where this second rule of thumb is, you know, we should be able to correct in public if it isn't too personal. So, right. you know, in contrast to my personal story, if, you know, mine was a little more on the personal side. And so it should not have been corrected in public, even though it was. But mm-hmm. whereas with your story, this little boy, he was kind of distracting everyone with what he was doing. 
And so it was okay, you know, to just say, Hey, you know, let's, let's not do this. This is what's happening. And just explaining the situation. Mm -hmm. Well, and I kept it pretty general, just like, Hey, just, you know, you know, but I wasn't like laying into the child or anything. I certainly no emotion was in it, which was good. You know, I was just giving him a little bit of insight, but yeah, that's a really good rule of thumb right there. Paige is that we need to be able to correct. So this is where knowing the four basic skills that we teach in the teaching self-government program can really come in handy. So those four basic skills each have steps to them. So they are skill sets, right? Which means they have steps and all of those steps help you keep things really gentle. So if I'm going somewhere with my, with my children, like we're going to a party at grandma's house or aunt so-and-so's house, or people are going to be coming to our house. I'm going to pre-teach my children so that I can be consistent. And I'm going to say, Hey, we're going to so-and-so's house. And just so you know, when we're there, you need to follow instructions. You need to accept no answers and criticism, accept consequences, disagree appropriately. If you don't, I will correct you. Well, then they know exactly what I'm going to correct them for. Well, if, if mom says no to more desserts, then then, and they go and get another dessert, then they didn't drop the subject. So I'm going to say to them, Oh, Hey, come here, you know, just a minute ago. And I'm trying, I'm going to try not to make it a huge spectacle in front of the group, but if if it has to be in front of the group, it has to, because I got to stay consistent with my children. Right. Right. So then I'll pull them, you know, and say, Hey, come here. So just a second ago, you know, I gave you a no answer about no more desserts. And then I see you went and took one anyway, which means you're not dropping the subject. You mm-hmm. actually, cause that's the last step to accepting a no answer is to drop the subject means don't do it anymore. Don't think about it anymore. Yeah. And so they're not dropping the subject. So then all I, all I have to talk about is not dropping the subject. I don't have to get into about treats and nutrition and sugar and your health is so bad. <laughs> and, you know, and all those kinds of things, cause that would be very, very personal. But if I can just say, oh, we got to drop the subject and you didn't drop the subject. Then I'm just talking about the step to a skill. That's very general you know, instead of talking about somebody's bad health and how their teeth are going to rot out of their head or, you know, whatever it is that somebody might say. Yeah. Well, and the same thing kind of applies to, um, you know, maybe speaking out of turn or something like that. Cause I know there was a point in my life where there was no filter. I said, whatever came to my head and I didn't think about it before it came out, you know? So I remember there, there were many times, well, maybe not many, but a number of times where we would be at a family party and I would say something and you would go, Ooh, you know, Paige, why don't you come with me for a minute? And so we kind of go around the corner or step into another room and you'd say, okay, so, you know, just now you said this and that really wasn't appropriate. And, um, you know, people, when you say something like this could think this, and I know you were really meaning this, but it could be taken in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so, but I was really grateful. Like I was, you know, I felt kind of stupid for saying it, but I was grateful that that correction came not in front of the entire group so that I could go back and either apologize or just, you know, do better conversation wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we hear little Claire in the background. I know. <laughs> having a few little squawks. We, we promise everybody she's with daddy, <laughs> She's with daddy, but little Clara, she can't be too far from her mom right now. So that's just no. how it goes. <laughs> anyway, Paige, I appreciate you sharing that situation. And I hope I didn't actually say, Ooh, I hope I didn't. I hope that you just meant that I recognized it. Right. That, that is what I meant. See, there's a correction right there. <laughs> 
I'm like, I hope I didn't make that sound, but anyway, but I can't, you you know what? It could have happened actually. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, trying to pull somebody aside, gives them the benefit of the doubt, helps them learn and grow without feeling like they're stuck, you know, in everybody's mind and everybody's thinking a certain thing about them and, and stuff like that. And we did try to practice that, but also we did correct you in front of friends and in front of other people when needed, if we needed to talk about things, we would just keep it general, like with the steps to the, the four basic skills, you know, those kinds of stuff. And, and that was a little bit better. So let's talk about really quickly when we're talking to our friends. Okay. So I know that it can feel good to talk to our friends about the problems that are facing our children. But really what we should be doing is turning those conversations toward praising. And we should be praising the things that our children are doing to our friends, talking about their accomplishments and some of the things they've been working on. Those kinds of things are going to be better conversations to have in front of the children because they keep things upbeat. And when a person hears someone say something nice about them to another person, it actually improves their relationship. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so this is going to be the better direction you're going to want to go. If you're talking bad about your child to your friend, it's actually called gossip. And I think parents should know from the child's perspective that when you say their name, they perk up and they listen to every single word following their name. Oh yeah. This happened to me all the time. Yeah. I would hear my name and I go, what? Wait a second. Mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay. She's talking about my singing or, oh, she's talking about my whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, because they do, like I said, little satellite dishes on the side of the head, like beep, 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 beep. And, and I will like, say there were times where I didn't like on the outside look like I was paying attention, but I was paying full attention. Yeah, of course. Of so course. you have to be aware of relevant that. to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point to bring up for sure. So when someone wants to talk about the bad things, that's gossip. If you can steer it toward the good, all the better. But if something really does need to be discussed, one of the best things you can do is you can say, you know, I have something that I would really like your opinion on. And I'd love to talk about at another time. Cause now really isn't the right time for us to talk about it. But do you think it would be possible if we could go on a walk tomorrow, like in the morning? Yeah. Can I call you tonight? Or could, you know, we go out to lunch on Thursday, you know, something like that, where you can like make an appointment with the person. So you can still get their opinion because friends could be very valuable sounding boards and they can help us understand a lot of things. But if it's like turns into gossip, then it's a problem. If you start gossiping about your own child, it can actually affect your attachment and bond to your own child. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That actually could mean that you're, you could feel detached from your own child because you gossiped about them. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that gossip is usually saying something negative in order to get some form of attention. Whereas, you know, seeking for advice is saying, Hey, there's this issue. Um, I'm looking for a way to fix it. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what are your thoughts and opinions? You're not trying Mm to, you know, get support, emotional support for, oh, woe is me. That's gossip. Yeah, that's true. When you're just trying to bond with somebody because of somebody, some bad thing you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So set an appointment, you know, with the person, have another call, respect the children, because if you are respecting your children, when you're with other people, you will bond more to them. You'll actually feel closer to them. If you praise the children, when you're with other people, same thing. And if you start 
complaining or whining about your children in front of other people or talking bad to your children in front of other people, your bond to that child is actually hurt. Mm -hmm. So be sure to remember that. So there are so many things that we could talk about here on the teaching self-government channel. This is just one little thing on this podcast. I hope you will join us for other podcasts in the future. And if you want to find more out about teaching self-government to your family or learning it yourself, be sure to go to teachingselfgovernment.com. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.